You know, a lot of teams in college football are trying to figure out who their quarterback's going to be in 2023. Could not be us, because Bo knows, baby. Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked On Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Ducks. Like, comment, subscribe. Please and thank you wherever you listen to or watch this show, which today is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs, helping you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. One job you can't post on LinkedIn jobs is the Oregon quarterback position because that vacancy for 2023 has been filled. And yeah, there could be ramifications down the line. We'll get to that later in the show. Let's start with the good stuff here. Bo is back. Bo is back. Bo is back. Much like Brick loves Lamp, Bo is back. So this is great news. This is excellent news. And if you ask a question in your mind or to me on Twitter or YouTube about, hey, what does this mean for the future? Valid question to ask. Here's the mentality we all need to have with regards to what this could mean for the Oregon quarterback position down the line. College sports, and increasingly with the transfer portal, college football, even more so than college basketball, are becoming a year-to-year entity. Does not mean recruiting does not matter. Does not mean the transfer portal does not matter. It probably matters a little bit more, as we all know. But what it does mean is you should not be too preoccupied with the long-term as much as you should be with the short-term. Because How a team is comprised one year can be so different from how it was comprised the year before. And going into 2023, this was a major legitimate question mark. There are a lot of other questions for this Oregon team. They started to answer another one in the transfer portal, and they are continuing to do that. Right? They've added a linebacker. They've added a wide receiver. They've now added a corner, Kyrie Jackson, who I'll talk about later in the show. But the biggest question, unquestionably, the biggest question going into next year was who's the quarterback going to be? And that's, of course, what we were thinking about the most because it's the most important position on the field. And there was no sure succession plan. And I understand that this frustrates some fans who feel like, why why haven't we developed a quarterback since Justin Herbert? And why has it been a struggle to do that? And this is what you run into, and it's a year-to-year ordeal. It's kind of always a year-to-year ordeal. You, You don't always know what you have in players until they see the field, and you don't know which season they're going to get their big opportunity to do that. So you can have promise, you can have potential, but in terms of when it actually comes to fruition on the field, It could be this year, it could be next year, but if it's not this year, that doesn't mean that you just, you know, get frustrated about, well, what about the next year? What about the following year? When guys get their opportunity, when you see that they're good players, you should be excited that they're coming back to play. You should. I wish Gonzo was coming back. 
We still haven't heard, worthy of note, as I record this on Sunday night from Las Vegas, whether or not Brandon Doros and Noah Sewell are coming back. We still don't know. Still do not know. I would take either or both of them back on the defense. And they would have starting slots and they'd be good players. But this is such a great thing to have Bo Nix there. And we know that he's going to be able to quarterback Oregon successfully. Like having that out of our minds, having that potential doubt out of our minds, I think is really, really huge because now you can look at the rest of the roster and say, okay, we need to add a piece here, need to add prep players here, develop young guys here, add a transfer portal player there. But the quarterback is not going to be in question. And that's what Bo Nix brings more than anything else. It's stability, it's assurance, it's continuity. And there are not that many position groups or even individual positions, frankly, that Oregon can say that about going into 2023. If I asked you right now, right now, today, as you listen to or watch this show, and I'm very grateful for all of you to do that. If I asked you to go position by position, 11 on offense, 11 on defense, who would you be able to say for certain are going to be starters next year on either side of the ball? I don't think that number is in double figures. I really don't. I think you can say Bo Nix on offense, Troy Franklin, Chris Hudson, Terrence Ferguson, Treshawn Holden, Justin Jacobs. Drykwes Bridges, maybe? <laughs> I mean, Jackson Powers Johnson and Marcus Harper on the offensive line. That's eight. That That is eight. Josh Connerly, maybe makes nine. We don't know for sure if he's going to be the starting left tackle or what tackle he would even start at if he earns the number one position. We think he will do that, but you don't know that for certain. So you can't even say that you know half of the positional starters going into next year. So being able to have quarterback amongst those positions where we know, okay, we don't just know who's going to play here. We know that we can get the sort of production that, that Oregon needs to win at a conference championship, to win at a college football playoff caliber level. We know that because Bo Nix this year was exceptional. And I tell you, it, it's been quite an interesting ride over the last year. You know, right as I started hosting the show, which was just about a year ago, one of the first shows I ended up doing was talking about Bo Nix. And there were a lot of Oregon fans who were really frustrated, who were really upset. And when Bo announced this, I don't know that I've seen anything but positive reactions from Duck fans. How, how could you? How could you have a negative reaction to this? It's pretty tough to do because of how he played this year. And that is a testament to how strong of a season he really had because he was not without doubters when he came to Oregon. He was not without doubters after the first game. But you can't doubt him now. You can't look at this move and say, ah, I feel like Oregon could get more out of the quarterback position. No, when you go after a recruit of Dante Moore's caliber, you hope he becomes a player like Bo Nix was this year and can be again next year. Now, I think you have to credit the offensive staff, certainly, Dan Lanning, specifically Coach Lanning, though, because he went out and made a hire in Will Stein to replace the guy who brought Bo Nix to Oregon. I mean, without that tie, I don't know if Bo Nix is ever a duck. 
but he was because of Kenny Dillingham. And Dan Lanning saw that coach depart, went out and found a guy. And I can guarantee you, without having firsthand knowledge, Bo Nix and Will Stein have had conversations. And that has materialized to the point where Bo says, I like this guy. I think we can succeed. And I want to come back to Oregon. That's a tremendous job. Tremendous job by Dan Lanning. For those of you who listen to me regularly, you know I had some doubts about whether or not <laughs> sorry. I'm recording this during Sunday night football and someone in the hotel room over is having um they're they're excited about something that just took place and that distracted me for for a brief moment. But what Dan Landing has done here with the OC hire, talking to Bo Nix and getting him to come back, it's another tremendous recruiting job. And don't undersell this as a recruiting victory because it is. I, I had my doubts about whether or not Bo would actually come back. I said, I'll believe it when I see it. I don't know if it's 100%. Now it's 100%. He is coming back. And that is really, really good news for Oregon. Really, really good news for Oregon. If you have the inclination to look at this negatively, there, there's one way that you can do that. But there isn't really a negative to using LinkedIn jobs because every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. And you want to be 100% certain you've got access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Go in there, create a free job post in minutes, add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one. That's numero uno in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. As I discussed, I think it is more important to live on a year-by-year basis, because if you just get too caught up, worried about the future, you can forget to live in the present and live in the moment. I went to this middle school basketball camp. I was in sixth grade, and actually, I want to look up the coach's name and give him his his due his due credit. Uh, his name is Kip Ione. And, and Kip Ione has been the head basketball coach at Division Three Willamette for a long time. And he said something to me, and well, not me specifically, but everyone at the camp that has resonated very strongly with me for literally my entire life. And I went to that camp when I was, uh, I think about 12, yeah, I think I was 12 years old at, at the time. He talked about the importance, and of course he's discussing in the context of sports, but in any situation, to live in the moment, to be present. And one thing that I've always done since I heard him give that speech that I thought was really, really good was anytime I'm on vacation with friends, enjoying something a little bit different, you know, when when I do play by play or a show like this, because I can't, you know, stop and take it in, in the moment. But there are moments where I do that. I try to stop, close my eyes, think about everything going on around me, just hear the sounds, smell the smells, feel the feels, and remember exactly how it is and just live in that moment. And I think that that applies here to Oregon or really any college program in the country, but our program as well. Because 
if you get too caught up with what is going to happen in the future, then you can forget what's possible in the moment, what's happening right now. And I think this is a really exciting thing for Oregon football to have. Now, on the Dante Moore front, a lot of rumors. I came on with John Garcia last week when we recorded that show. And as that show aired, I felt pretty good about Dante Moore coming to Oregon. I feel much less confident about it now. The chance that we retain him is not zero, but it is not 100%. It is not even 70%, it seems. There's a lot of buzz to UCLA who did add a, a quarterback in the trans, excuse me, in the transfer portal. I think that is noteworthy here because one appeal you could have seen if this was in the works, Bo Nix coming back to Oregon, that is, is Dante Moore goes to UCLA. They don't have a quarterback in the 2023 cycle. He could start right away as a true freshman, but they're bringing in a guy from Kent State. Now, maybe Dante Moore is already better than that guy, and he could play right away anyway, but the buzz there is very real, but it seems like it is an hour by hour, day by day. Heck, by the time you listen to this episode, something might have changed dramatically. That's just the way that this has been evolving, but... Oregon, from what I've come to understand, is not out of the running, but UCLA is a legitimate competitor in there, and there's a lot of buzz flying around. And I think that it's reasonable for a guy like Dante Moore to look at Bo Nix and say, well, I'm not going to be be able to beat out Bo Nix as a true freshman. So I do think the recruiting pitch for Dante Moore gets tougher with Bo Nix coming back. That doesn't mean I'm disappointed about it because Bo Nix, as I talked about earlier, is a known commodity. Remember, live in the moment. Don't just always think about what comes next. I have to deal with that a lot in, in, in my personal life as it pertains to my career because I want to go as high as I can, but I have to remember to enjoy what I'm doing because I get to do so much amazing stuff and call great games and be a part of fantastic environments and meet great people. So I understand that instinct. I understand that mentality. I'm just telling you that Bo Nix is a known commodity, and though I believe in the prospect of Dante Moore, we all said the same thing about Ty Thompson. And I think we can agree that guy is not going to live up to his potential because he hasn't been able to beat out a starting quarterback for, for the Ducks the last couple of seasons and the limited action we've seen. It hasn't been particularly impressive. Doesn't mean he couldn't be a decent starter, but is he going to one day become the caliber of college quarterback that Bo Nix is right now? Probably not. And Dante Moore could very well become that, has that sort of potential, but that's still an unknown. So if I had to choose between taking in a true freshman and Dante Moore or having Bo Nix back for 2023, it's a tough call, but I'd go with having Bo Nix back because it's a known commodity. I watched him play this year. He was one of the three best quarterbacks in the Pac-12. It was him, Cam, or uh, Caleb Williams, and Michael Penix. Like those guys were pretty clearly a step above everybody else, including Cam Rising, who you know quarterbacked the Pac-12 champions, but was not quite as good as he was a, a year ago. And I think the other three all have more arm talent than he does, though he's a fantastic player. So anytime you can have that capability as a program to have a guy who at his best is a Heisman contender and a top two or three quarterback in the league at any given point in time, you don't turn that down for the prospect of an 18 year old kid who hasn't taken a college snap, even though I would still very much like to keep Dante more committed because I do think he has a lot of good potential and is very refined as a quarterback. However, 
if this costs us Dante more, I think with the potential that you have offensively with Bo Nix at the helm, the ceiling on Oregon's offense is much higher with him back there than anybody else, including Dante Moore. Because even if Dante were to come in, like let's say Bo had decided to go to the NFL and the quarterback room was Ty Thompson, Dante Moore, and you add in a transfer from like an FCS school or a low-level G5 and you know it's not someone who's actually contending for the job. And it's really just Dante and Ty. Let's say Dante beats him out. Dante's best potential season as a true freshman is unlikely to be as good as the one we just saw from Bonex, who does have to learn a little bit of a new offensive system, but guys played four years of college football. Seems to be a pretty cerebral player. Leader in the locker room. I've got a lot of faith in his ability to pick that sort of stuff up and apply what Will Stein wants to do on that side of the ball very quickly. So I'm not concerned about that in the slightest. And it's a much bigger question mark of whether or not a true freshman could complete over 71% of his passes and have over 40 total touchdowns in a season to just six interceptions compared to the question, well, what's Bo Nix going to be with a new offensive coordinator? I have a feeling he's going to be just fine. He took such a massive leap, and it'll be you know a good test for Will Stein because we saw what Bo Nix was a year ago. So if his numbers start to regress closer to what they were during his first three years at Auburn, yeah, it'll be all eyes and all the pressure on, on the offensive coordinator there because you say, well, the player didn't change. A lot of the players that he's playing with and who he's trying to complement and play offense with didn't change, you would look at the offensive coordinator. But based on what we know about him so far, which is you know not a ton, but early returns appear to be that it's a good hire, and we'll wait and see how that goes. And we won't know until week one of next year, right? We, we won't know until the season actually gets started. You know, we'll get an inclination at the spring game, but Drew Maringer, the tight ends coach, I believe is going to be the, the play caller for the holiday bowl, which I'm pretty excited for because I think there's so many interesting players to watch, not just who does play and who doesn't play um, going into the game, but then once the game actually starts, who's able to kind of establish themselves as like, Hey, this is what I'm capable of. This guy could be a starter next year. This guy could see more playing time. A lot of different things to look for on on that front. So I think the question of you know whether or not Dante Moore is going to look at this and say, well, maybe I do want to explore my options elsewhere, will depend upon two things. Number one, was he expecting to start as a true freshman? Not every five-star is. DJU was not when he went to Clemson. He was behind Trevor Lawrence for a year. Cade Klubnik also went to Clemson, was behind DJU, ended up nudging him out of that starting quarterback job to the point where DJU is in the portal. And by the way, I think we can kind of shut down that talk collectively because that would not make any sense for him to come to to Oregon now. He doesn't move out of the running for, for Mateo, but you know, different conversations. Talk with John hopefully later this week. But that's a question that that Dante Moore and Dante Moore alone pretty much knows the answer to is was he expecting to start right away? And and the other question that that comes up with regards to Dante Moore is is he willing to sit for a year? You know, which, which is kind of the same question as 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 you know the the one that I asked before. But 
I think there's two different situations he, he could have gone into with a guy who was who was already starting. I'll tell you what those are after I tell you about my friends at Bet Online, your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and the World Cup, which, oh my gosh, what a game on Sunday. Argentina knocking off France in PKs. That was a thriller. They've got it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. So the, the question that Dante Moore is either asking himself or has been asking himself is, did he expect to start right away or did he just expect to have a chance to compete for the starting job right away? And those I think are two different questions. You know, the initial appeal and, and maybe it's still there. I, I don't know anything about the Kent state guy that, that UCLA added the initial appeal. I think that, that, that we saw from the outset for him is well, DTR is leaving cause he's out of eligibility so there's a quarterback void and he could go there and play for a really good offensive mind in Chip Kelly and start right away. Is that his expectation or is that just his hope? But the other situation he could be searching for is a chance to go in and compete for the starting job and not have it be a guarantee. Again, I think those situations are different. And with Oregon, you now have neither of those things available. Dante Moore is not going to come in and take the starting job from Bo Nix. That will not happen. Bo Nix will be the starter. I'm happy happy about that. I feel like most of you are as well. But that's what makes this less appealing for, for Dante Moore. And then the connection, I, I think a third question is the connection with Kenny Dillingham. How strong of a role did that play? Because that was always his lead recruiter. That was always his guy. And I think it's perfectly fair to, to ask the question, would Dante Moore have, you know, started all these rumors and done all this sort of stuff if Kenny Dillingham hadn't left to go take the head coaching job at Arizona State? All the indicators are that the answer to that is probably not, right? There's probably no stress. There's probably no buzz, no rumors, nothing of the sorts if Kenny Dillingham doesn't leave. But that's in the past. Got to deal with what's taking place in the present right now. I do think Bo coming back makes it less likely that Dante Moore commits to Oregon. I don't think it makes it impossible that he commits to Oregon because if you're Dan Lanning, your pitch to him has to be, look, you're going to be our starting quarterback come 2024. And you are going to get to learn this system, which throws the ball a lot, presents an opportunity to play at a program that is expecting to compete for conference championships and hopefully college football playoff berths. And you are going to get to learn from a guy who is playing his fifth year of college football. And that's a really valuable thing. But again, the question will come back to, and I'm sure there are NIL considerations in there as well, but I'm not going to speculate on all that sort of stuff because it's, behind closed doors, up in the air, under the table, yada, yada, yada. But I think that that's a very reasonable appeal. But I, I, I don't know what's in that 18-year-old kid's head. I, I don't know if he can have the wherewithal, as I would like to think I would, but I, I don't frankly know because I wasn't recruited as a quarterback at 18 years old or anything at 18 years old, frankly. I don't know what what I would have done 
What I would tell him is that is still an advantageous situation. But if he decides to go elsewhere and Michigan State added a quarterback, by the way, Sam Levitt, who was a Washington State commit, but they lost their offensive coordinator. So he decommitted. He's going to the Spartans. UCLA added a quarterback in the portal. It's not as if the other places that have been considering him, unless someone were to again come late in the mix, could guarantee him that he'd be starting right away. I mean, typically you had a quarterback in the portal like UCLA did because you figure he's going to play. That's normally what quarterback transfers are, but maybe he's a guy who just wants a chance to come and compete for the starting job, and Dante Moore's the guy they they have their sights on. I'm going to call it there for today. I'll talk about Kyrie Jackson tomorrow. I I plan to talk about him today, but I just was – running a little bit long and I, I don't want to uh, I, I don't want to jam that down because I, I think he's he's an intriguing prospect and I, I totally understand why they made the move it's kind of splashy kind of not you'll have to tune in tomorrow to figure out what I mean by that I will see you net see you then appreciate everyone listening have a wonderful rest of your day and go ducks <laughs>